Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 487 for February 1 to 15, 2019. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with a forecast and regularly include other special features. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. To get to a specific part of the show, including the forecast for a particular date, check out the index at the very end of this MP3. You can also see this index in writing at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. For this show, we'll be starting with the forecast for the first half of February, having a few quick announcements, and then we'll have a listener chart. I'll be looking at a colleague whose natal Mars and Moon in the sign of Cancer are being strongly affected by the square of Pluto and Mars in the sky. So we have all that to look forward to. Let's begin with the forecast. Martian Intensity bookends the first half of February. This period opens and closes with intense Mars outer planet aspects, a Mars-Pluto square and a Mars-Uranus conjunction. Our other main theme is Aquarian inspiration. We have lots of aspects firing up genius, creativity, and intuitive flashes. All this, plus an Aquarius new moon and three peaking aspect patterns, make this half-month rich with opportunities. What's old as we come into February? We've got a waning moon and still petering out and moving along a little bit. We've got a quadruple yod that we discussed earlier, an envelope aspect pattern, and a grand cross still uh, very much in play through April 4th. So now let's move on to our individual days of the forecast. On Friday, February 1st, February opens with one of astrology's most intense aspects, a Mars-Pluto square. Mars, 22 Aries, Pluto, 22 Capricorn. In fact, we'll be using this to illustrate our part one listener chart. Challenging manifestations include anger, violence, domination, and predatory lust. But even such incendiary aspects can be used in life-affirming ways. Take the high road by channeling these energies into disciplined leadership, potent new beginnings, and sacred sex. The square can also support peak athletic performance and extraordinary endurance in any activity. On Saturday, February 2nd, Uranus makes two harmonious aspects today. First up is a Venus-Uranus trine, Venus 29 Sagittarius, Uranus 29 Aries. With Venus and Sagittarius, taking an adventurous approach can help you take a relationship to a more wonderful level more easily. This smooth trine can also amplify creativity and finance. Uranus communicates through intuitive flashes, so stay tuned for nuggets of divinely inspired wisdom. Uranus is also dancing with Mercury. These two planets have natural affinity, since Uranus represents divine mind and Mercury stands for human mind. A Mercury-Uranus quintile, Mercury 17 Aquarius, Uranus 29 Aries, can help you think with more originality. But don't rely entirely on your left brain. Logic and rationality have their place, but can't hold a candle to the intuitive flashes that provide the most profound breakthroughs. 
On Sunday, February 3rd, a cradle featuring Venus, Pallas, Vesta, and Uranus that started on January 26th peaks today on February 3rd and ends on February 10th. This aspect pattern provides harmonious support for decisive strategic action, Pallas Athena, in support of a higher cause, Vesta. Venus suggests that this action could be taken in partnership or might involve the arts. Uranus suggests that the higher cause might be outside the mainstream. The presence of Uranus also makes it easier for you to be guided by intuitive flashes and encourages you to partner with a cause that electrifies you. Also, on Sunday, February 3rd, your beloved may trigger you, even if they don't mean to, with Venus square Chiron, Venus, 29 Sagittarius, Chiron, 29 Pisces. If so, two tools may help you, my free healing invocation to process your personal shadow material and the four-part nonviolent communication process to work through the issue with your partner. This square also offers expansive support for healing and mentoring in relationships, creativity, and financial matters. To learn more about those things I just mentioned, the healing invocation along with my embodied awakening invocation can be found at astroshaman.com. You just go to the home page. On the menu bar, the last word is resources. The first pull down under resources says invocations for healing and awakening. Activate that and it will take you to the page where both the awakening and healing invocations are fully described. As far as the four-part nonviolent communication process, just Google those words and that will come right up for you. You'll find a wonderful little page with a full description of how to do that. Also, on Sunday, February 3rd, your genius can jump to the next level thanks to a smoothly empowering Mercury-Jupiter sextile. Mercury, 18 Aquarius, Jupiter, 18 Sagittarius. Listen to those intuitive flashes, which are energized by Mercury's placement in Aquarius. On Monday, February 4th, February's new moon stands out because of its pronounced affinity for midpoints. For starters, any Aquarius new moon supports new beginnings or fresh energy in three life-affirming areas, embodying your unique human self, following your intuitive flashes, and serving others using those special talents you most love to use. Aspects. The luminaries can join Aquarian Mercury, empowering learning and communication, especially in subjects that really light you up. A sextile from Sagittarian Jupiter carries a similar theme, but ups the ante. Mercury can be fascinated with raw data, but Jupiter insists that it cohere into something meaningful. Jupiter in Sagittarius represents the professor, philosopher, or guru. Mercury and Jupiter's aspects to the luminaries can energize you to dive deeper into a field of study or share helpful information with others. Midpoint number one, Saturn-Neptune. This new moon's affinity for midpoints shows up in the remaining aspects. In our first pairing, the sun and moon receive tight semi-sextiles from Saturn and Neptune, Both slower planets are 30 degrees from the luminaries in opposite directions, which puts the luminaries at their midpoint. The bracketing planets are also potently positioned in signs that they rule, Saturn in Capricorn and Neptune in Pisces. Saturn and Neptune play especially well together in two ways. The first is law of attraction. In this context, Neptune represents visualization and imagination. Saturn represents crystallization into the physical world. This amplified law of attraction juju can help you manifest your new moon goals faster. Saturn and Neptune can also represent embodied awakening. 
this state, also called walking between the worlds or the marriage of heaven and earth, give you a quantum leap in your ability to live your life more wonderfully, to be consciously and continuously merged with your higher self, which created you and always knows the best action to take, can give you an advantage that simply can't be overstated. By the way, to learn more about Law of Attraction, go to astroshaman.com, go to my search box. In the upper right corner, type Law of Attraction Made Simple, and you'll find my basic post on how to do that. Midpoint number two, Venus Chiron. Our final pairing is Venus and Chiron, which make 45-degree semi-squares to the luminaries from opposite directions. Just as before, the luminaries are at the midpoint of the bracketing planets. Venus and Chiron form a square, which suggests the possibility of old wounds being triggered by a relationship challenge. Of course, an old wound getting triggered means you're halfway to healing it. Instead of being frozen like ice, that old painful energy now flows like water. It might even be boiling. Using a quick and effective shadow work tool, such as my free healing invocation, could clear that layer of old pain once and for all. This square also supports giving or receiving sage advice around relationships, creativity, and finance. Sabian Symbol A big businessman at his desk is this new moon Sabian Symbol. The message here seems plain enough. Get some meaningful work done. But don't just mindlessly press your nose to the grindstone. Incorporate themes from this new moon. Follow your intuitive flashes. Use the law of attraction. Maximize your productivity by working smart. On Tuesday, February 5th, divine inspiration could be sparking like crazy as the Aquarian sun quintiles Uranus. Sun, 17 Aquarius, Uranus, 29 Aries. Your inner genius is speaking. Make time to listen. On Wednesday, February 6th, creative inspiration can flow abundantly thanks to a Venus-Neptune quintile. Venus, 3 Capricorn, Neptune, 15 Pisces. You can also use this magical aspect to do more effective law of attraction work or merge more easily with your higher self. On Thursday, February 7th, a grand cross featuring Mars, Pallas, Uranus, Pluto, and the lunar nodes that started on January 26th, peaks today on February 7th, and ends on February 17th. One way to think about this aspect pattern is that Mars is simply pumping up the energy of an existing Grand Cross. That Pallas-Uranus-Pluto-Lunar-Nodes Grand Cross started on December 22nd, peaked on January 13th, and ends on April 4th. If you don't remember that aspect pattern's interpretation from my prior forecast, go check out the January 13th forecast on this podcast or at astroshaman.com in writing. If we think of the original aspect pattern as a stage setter, a potential energy waiting to be activated, then Mars acts as its trigger. It's an especially good time to immerse yourself in this aspect pattern's themes during Mars' guest appearance. Also, on Thursday, February 7th, you can enjoy abundant vitality to shine your unique gifts into the world with the Sun sextile Jupiter. Sun, 19 Aquarius, Jupiter, 19 Sagittarius. This harmonious aspect can also amplify your intuitive flashes. In addition, on Thursday, February 7th, ready for a quantum leap in your feminine assertiveness, strategic thinking, and negotiating skills? It's on offer with the Uranus-Pallas opposition. Uranus, 29 Aries, Pallas, 29 Libra. 
Stay attentive to your intuitive flashes to get the most benefit from this opportunity. And finally, on Thursday, February 7th, the genius keeps on coming with Mercury sextile Mars. Mercury, 26 Aquarius, Mars, 26 Aries. The fire of Mars energizes the mental orientation of Mercury, while Mercury's placement in Aquarius can open your mind to divine downloads. On Saturday, February 9th, you can take the initiative to bring healing to a committed partnership thanks to a yod featuring Juno, Pallas, and Chiron. This finger of God started on January 7th, peaks today on February 9th, and ends on February 22nd. You can also make good use of this aspect pattern by letting your strategic assertiveness be supported by the wisdom of your committed partner or vice versa. This yacht is super tight as it peaks today. All three aspects are exact within half a degree, so its effects are especially strong. Also, on Saturday, February 9th, how many intuitive flashes can you stand? These text messages from God have been fired up by various aspects ever since February started, and the trend continues with a Mercury-Uranus sextile. Mercury, 29 Aquarius, Uranus, 29 Aries. How can you distinguish between an intuitive flash and a regular thought? An intuitive flash arrives with a feeling of absolute certainty. You just know it in your bones. And hundreds of my clients have confirmed that their lives go better when they follow their inner guidance. On Monday, February 11th, another day in February, another aspect that stimulates intuitive guidance. This time it's a Mercury-Jupiter quintile. Mercury, 1 Pisces, Jupiter, 19 Sagittarius. But this time Mercury's in Pisces, so the intuition will feel different, more like a constantly flowing waterfall than a lightning strike. This aspect also supports mental focus on spirituality or inspired creativity. On Wednesday, February 13th, the first half of February is bookended by intense Mars aspects. We opened with a Mars-Pluto square and now close with a Mars-Uranus conjunction. That's at 29 Aries. Challenging expressions of this potent aspect could include recklessly impulsive behavior, sudden violence, and shocking inappropriate sexual behavior. But mindfully managed, this power can be positively channeled into breakthroughs in leadership, peak athletic performance, and delightful sexual experimentation. This conjunction also can make it easier to take immediate action on your intuitive flashes. This aspect has seriously high voltage. Use it well. Make that amazing life you've been dreaming about a daily reality with support from astro-shamanic life coaching. My unique combination of helping modalities, refined through more than 7,000 life-transforming astro-shaman client sessions, can help you thrive in every area of your life. And my unusual approach could help you do this faster than you might have thought possible. Learn more by going to astroshaman.com. On the menu bar, click Services and choose Life Coaching. Looking ahead to the show for the second half of February, we'll be talking about Chiron entering Aries. The Sun entering Pisces will have a Virgo full moon, and Uranus will oppose Pallas Athena. We'll also have two new aspect patterns, a Grand Cross with Venus joining the existing Grand Cross with Pallas, Uranus, and the lunar nodes. And we'll also have a hard rectangle firing up, a, uh, an aspect pattern full of minor hard aspects with a couple of asteroid goddesses and the nodes. I'll be here to tell you all about that and, of course, 
the best ways to work with all of these energies. I hope you'll join me on the next edition of This Week in Astrology. You can hear my forecast on This Week in Astrology, but would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it conveniently pop into your inbox? And while we're at it, how about occasional bonus articles on astrology, along with simple, powerful healing and awakening techniques? That's what you get with AstroShaman's free email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form at the top of the sidebar. And if you like calculating your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? AstroShaman is an authorized dealer for SolarFire Gold, which also runs on Max running Windows and recent Windows tablets. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose SolarFire Software from the drop-down menu. A free forecast newsletter and the best available price on SolarFire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. Welcome to the announcements section. First, I'd like to thank those who sent their charts in since the last show, including Tiana, Melissa, and Allison. Does this sound like you? You trust your intuition, but want that trust to flow into your business and life decisions. You believe in yourself, but need support translating that into a thriving, abundant, meaningful, spiritual business. You've done so much healing, but have old wounds that still need care and attention. If this sounds like you, you're ready to manifest abundance this year. Join me for a free masterclass. It's called Ignite Your Soul's Calling, Accelerate Healing, Live Your Purpose, and manifest abundance in your spiritual business. I'm a teacher in this free online event. Attend wherever you are. I'll be joining Lindsay Fitzgibbons, a depth hypnosis practitioner and shamanic healer. She's organized this intimate transformational event with over 10 other experts. Each one will teach you how to heal limiting beliefs and blocks to abundance, live your purpose more fully, and sustain a spiritual, authentic, meaningful, and abundant business. The series has already started, so don't wait. Reserve your free spot now. You can go to astroshaman.com, look under what's new, and you'll see that featured prominently. We do not have an interactive listener consultation this time. I'll be doing a, uh, a regular one where I just talk solo. But I do plan to do an interactive one next time. To have your question considered, it needs to be about a specific issue that's important in your life right now, such as soul purpose, relationship, career, spirituality, or your talents and abilities. Please email it to me at info at astroshaman.com or just reply to one of my newsletters. Send me your question along with your date, time, and city of birth to have your question considered. If you live around Asheville, North Carolina, we do a shamanic awakening meetup every third Tuesday in our new home. To learn more about that in my search box on astroshaman.com, type meetup, all one word, no space, and it should be the first search result. We always announce a free winner of a session with me on the first show of the month, and this time it's Lynn, L-Y-N-N. This is the Lynn born on February 13, 1962. If that sounds like you, then uh, pop me an email, info at astroshaman.com. Give me your place of birth and your birth time if you know it, and uh, we'll confirm it's you and get you set up for your free session. Congratulations, Lynn. This ends the announcements. Welcome to our listener chart. This one I'm doing solo, and uh, I may get into a pattern here where I pretty much alternate doing one interactively and then doing one on my own. 
So this time the chart is from, uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. It's K-A-H-L-A-I. And I'm just going to pronounce it Kali. Actually, I, I spelled that wrong. It's K-A-H-L-E-I, and that could legitimately be Kali. And I'm comfortable saying Kali, so I apologize if that's not how you say it. Anyhow, um, Kali is born on, hang on, I'm going to get this close enough where I can see it. <laughs> February 19, 1978, 1.31 a.m. in Long Beach, California. The chart correctly calculated should have Sagittarius rising at 9 degrees 36 minutes, and the moon should be in Cancer at 19 degrees 8 minutes if you're going to run it yourself. And as always, um, I always put up the charts at uh, thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com in the show notes. Uh, in the index near the bottom, I always have the person's name linked, and clicking the link will get you to a PDF of this chart, which shows the natal chart, and then transiting Pluto and Mars on the outside. So I was looking for a chart with something near 21 degrees cardinal, any cardinal sign would do, and Kali's chart came up with the moon around 19 Cancer and natal Mars around 23 degrees Cancer, and I figured that was plenty good enough to be stimulated by transiting Mars and Pluto, which was our first aspect in the forecast. So let me first um, get into the, and, and none of the other points in the um, cardinal signs have anything of significance there. So it is only the, the planets in Cancer that are being meaningfully stimulated. So let's understand the Moon and Mars separately together and uh, all the ramifications of what they do. And then we'll get into what the transiting planets are doing. Uh, the Moon in Cancer is quite easy to interpret because the Moon and the sign Cancer have the same keywords. Uh, the Moon and Cancer are both about emotions and they're about home and family and shadow work. And to have the moon in its home sign of cancer shows a great deal of emotional sensitivity. So I would expect, Kali, that you do have a, a very tender heart and you are very empathic and you uh, feel deeply. Now, Mars in cancer. Uh, Mars, of course, is assertiveness, drive, energy. And Mars in the sign of cancer tends to catalyze strong emotions. And then to have Mars conjoining the moon in Cancer makes that even stronger. So right away we have a sense that, uh, Kali, your emotions are strong, they're intense, deeply felt, passionate. So uh, that would be my initial supposition around um, your emotional nature based on the two planets that are in the sign of Cancer. There are no other planets in the sign of Cancer, by the way. And there's also no physical bodies in your fourth house, which might further modify that interpretation. Now, as always, there's so much more in Kali's chart. I could talk about any natal chart for hours, but uh, again, we're going to try to confine ourselves very strictly as much as we can to the things that are actually being lit up by transit. So this is never meant in, in a session like this to give a full in-depth interpretation of the person. We're just talking about particular points. So let's now expand further. Uh, in the house system I use, Porphyry, the moon and Mars are in the eighth house. And the 8th house is the house of occult practices. It's the house of energy blended with others. So it could be not just any relationship, but a relationship that's intimately linked where you're, you know, lovers or you have uh, money, you know, like a joint venture where you both have money invested in something. You're both putting significant energy of some kind into something together. You're bonded in some kind of container, we might say. So the 8th house could also be... Uh, insurance, inheritance, taxes, 
those are among the other meanings. Um, but uh, occult practices is one of the ways that I see it working a lot with my clients. I tend to attract a metaphysical-minded bunch. And uh, that could, of course, be astrology, numerology, runes, tarot, mediumship, channeling, any of the psychic stuff could be fired up from that. So we see that there's a lot of intense energy in the eighth house. Uh, you know, a lot of energy there, a lot of deeply felt stuff. So this suggests to me that Kali might be, you know, you might be sensitive in the inner realms and passionate about exploring that um, as one of the possible ways that could express. Now, we also um, have additional emphasis still on the eighth house because in your chart, um, the sign Cancer is on the cusp of house eight and the moon's in it. So not only is the moon in the eighth house, it rules it. So that moon really likes that eighth house energy and therefore we would expect a significant percentage of the moon's energy to express into eighth house themes. Now, we also have Mars in there and Mars happens to rule two signs. So if we go find those house cusps, we'll find other ways that this Moon-Mars conjunction could express into your life, Kali. And, and if you haven't noticed, I always seem to go back and forth, sometimes addressing the chart owner and sometimes addressing the listener. So Mars rules the sign Aries, and Kali, that's on your fifth house cusp. Mars also is the ancient ruler of Scorpio, and that's on your twelfth house cusp. So houses five and twelve are additionally um, stimulated by what's going on here. It so happens, houses 5 and 12 have something in common. Uh, creativity. The 5th house is the performer in the spotlight. Uh, the 12th house is all of the performing arts, um, because it's the house of fantasy, imagination, make-believe. It rules movies, film, TV, uh, any work of imagination is a 12th house theme. So anytime Mars and the moon get lit up, it could be a nice creative stimulus for you. So... Um, Fifth house could also be leadership, it could be speculation, it could be having to do with children or your inner child, taking a break and chilling. Twelfth house, uh, in addition to being the house of divinely inspired creativity, is also the house of divine oneness and deep spiritual practices. So knowing all that uh, and seeing you know, how these two planets up there in Cancer have such a wide possible range of expression, let's now look at what's happening by transit. And we have Pluto opposing these two planets. Pluto will be opposing the moon for a year more. And if my mental calculations are right, Pluto will be opposing your Mars collie for another three years. So it's a very long-term play. Mars, as any fast planet does, tends to act only as the trigger. So while Mars is making the square to the moon in Mars, um, the effects of Pluto will be magnified. You know, Pluto, again, holds that opposition for many years, uh, four in most cases. And then when a triggering planet comes along, it tends to stimulate that. And this chart's interesting because, you know, Mars is lighting up the moon in Mars by square. He's 90 degrees away. But I see over and over again, if a planet's in quadrature, if it's making a conjunction, opposition, or square to the sensitive point, powerful things can happen. And, and I view astrology transits in two stages, or two levels, I should say. One is the stage setters, the outer planets in Chiron. You know, they'll be around for two to four years um, holding the aspect, and they set the stage. And then the quicker guys, like Mars or anything Saturn, Jupiter, or quicker, tends to kind of light up the moment when those effects tend to be strongest. So here on February 1st, as this is exact, is uh, when the 
we might expect some strong effects uh, of the archetypal nature we described from Moon and Mars. So Mars, um, I'm not sure that transiting Mars actually adds a lot of meaning because we've already got natal Mars down there in the natal chart and thus all the meanings of Mars are covered already. Um, so maybe we'd best interpret by thinking about Pluto. Um, and Pluto, of course, is death and rebirth. Uh, he follows what I like to call my Pluto prescription. And it's a four-level prescription uh, for releases. And I'll be rather brief with this. I don't want to belabor it. But uh, when Pluto comes to a point, he says, wow, uh, let's look at what can be profitably released in these four areas. First is the stuff, your possessions, anything that isn't necessary or that doesn't make your life more wonderful, let it go. Um, let go of the relationships that are not serving you, toxic, negative, not the best use of your time. Look at your daily habits or your regular habits and eliminate the ones that are now wastes of time and not really helpful. And uh, release any limiting conceptions that are keeping your life too small. If you're in a certain conceptual box and you're not happy there, then imagine a larger box. Imagine greater possibilities. The more you've let go of those four areas that might be binding you and filling up space unnecessarily, then you've got room for the gifts of Pluto, which are wealth and power. Wealth could be money or anything you value, tangible or intangible. Power um, runs in two basic flavors. One is power over others, and that's you control, dominate. It's got to be a zero-sum game where you win and they lose. Or you could play a higher-level power game, which is you say, okay, I'm already in my power. I've got enough connection to my own internal power and energy and divine source that I don't need your power. I'm good. And uh, thus, I want to share power. And if anything, I'm going to see if I can help you find more of your own power for yourself. So it's more of a service to other manifestation, not uh, I'm going to take advantage of you and manipulate you, but I'm, I'm genuinely going to see if I can help you and help make your life more wonderful too. So that's the highest level of Pluto power. So as Pluto opposes Mars and Moon, as and Mars squares them, temporarily lighting up this effect, um, there are some predictable effects, especially with Pluto hitting the Moon or a planet in Cancer. Uh, again, Cancer's emotions. One of Pluto's other roles is he's the psychologist, and he specializes in shadow work. He is the lord of the underworld, where all that old painful material is buried in the unconscious until it's time for it to come up. So, Kali, I would imagine with Pluto opposing these two planets, you've been doing quite a bit of shadow work already for the last two or three years. A lot of triggering of old unhealed wounds from this life or past life. So that will continue uh, while Pluto is opposing the moon and Mars in the sign of Cancer. Um, the moon also represents, as does Cancer, home and family. So Pluto says, if your home situation where you're living is fine, that's great. Maybe you'll want to transform it in some way. Pluto loves transformation. Maybe you'll renovate or redecorate or somehow change something about the home. Um, you could also sell the home for a profit, potentially, with Pluto there. Um, and family, uh, that goes back to the relationship part of the Pluto prescription. So there may be some family members who you're growing closer with. You want to have a deeper, more awesome connection, and you could go deeper. Pluto loves relationships that are authentic, honest, naked. You're the real person you are with that person with no pretenses. Um, maybe it's a family member who's toxic or negative, 
and and there's just no sign they're going to change and you're better off just breaking contact or minimizing contact. I read a while back that something like um, 10% of everyone in America had completely cut off contact with a family member because they're just so toxic or negative or nasty. So there's plenty of precedent for that if that's something you're contemplating. So what about Pluto opposing Mars in the 8th house and the moon in the 8th house? When I think of Mars and the 8th house together, and I should mention there's another resonance here I'm just now noticing, which is Pluto and the 8th house mean the same thing. Uh, in the astrology alphabet, which says there's three ways to get to one of the 12 archetypes, a planet, a sign, or a house, Pluto and the 8th house have the same keywords, and so does Scorpio, just to fill in the whole you know, piece of that eighth character. So Pluto opposing his natural house and Mars in that house suggests, okay, Pluto and Mars have what in common? Sex. So this could be a libido booster for you. You might be finding that your, uh, your sexual energy is rising powerfully and that can be used in a more shallow way. Just, I want to have lots and lots of sex and five senses is enough for me. Or you might want to take it deeper. Um, the eighth house and Pluto correspond to sacred or tantric sex, where both you and the partner have awareness of your energy bodies that extend beyond the physical form. And when those bodies blend, then it gets really ecstatic. I know that Makisla and I sometimes will just cuddle. And the ecstasy of the cuddling alone, where the light bodies are so deeply blended, sometimes, well, I'll honestly say, our cuddling is actually better more ecstatic than most of the physical sex I've had in my life before I knew about my light body. So whether you're um, being absolutely erotic or just cuddling and, and deeply blending those energies, Pluto opposing Mars in the 8th is a wonderful opportunity to establish or deepen a practice of, of deep sacred sexual connection. Mars, of course, is the warrior, the pioneer, the initiator. Pluto opposing it is a very powerful opportunity for you to step up into your power and get things started or more step into your leadership more potently. Uh, athletic performance could be very strongly empowered by the Pluto opposition to Mars. Um, of course, occult practices very strongly juiced up. All the ones I named earlier could be very potently energized. And of course, all the things I mentioned about the other things that Mars rules. Mars ruling the fifth house. Um, I think we've already covered leadership, but again, the performing could be amped up if you're doing anything like that. Um, appropriate risk-taking. Uh, taking enough time for fun and relaxation. Mars rulership of the 12th and Pluto's as well, for that matter. Scorpio, ruled by both Mars and Pluto in my book. Um, real strong empowerment, if you wish, of your uh, spiritual awakening practices or lots of inspired creativity coming down the pike. Uh, in terms of, now I've, I've pretty much made all that positive. Um, there's, of course, low potential as well. Um, deep, intense emotional eruptions, um, not dealing with them well with good shadow work, but they're just coming up and exploding and you're not really healing them. You're not, you know, using them. You're not using effective tools. That's a potential Pluto opposed Mars used in a less powerful way. Well, I've, I've kind of talked about that in the forecast. That can be, you know, impulsive um, destructive action, tendency toward violence, uh, uh, inappropriate, overpowering sexual behavior to other people. Um, those are low ways that Pluto and Mars can, can work together as well. Um, 
Pluto to Moon could be, you know, really overbearing, you know, dominating or inappropriate uh, energies toward family members. There's there's all sorts of low potential as well, but I like to keep it mostly on the high side because I love to emphasize the high potentials. And the universe being a hologram tends to respond to our dominant thoughts. And I'm just going to throw in here on the side because it's coming to me. I've worked with so many clients who come in and start telling me how terrible their chart is and how this terrible T-square or Grand Cross or whatever it is or this planet and this sign means is the reason they've had such a terrible life. And I have to correct them. And I say, well, if you believe that, because some astrologer told you that years ago, then your belief that that aspect works on the low side is why it's manifesting that way. Your beliefs create your reality to a large degree. So I try to show them, here's the upside potential of that very same setup. There is nothing in astrology that cannot be taken in a life-affirming way. So um, if you're holding a belief that something has to be bad, you know, I just mentioned some low possibilities of Pluto aspecting Mars and the Moon. Yeah, those are possibilities. But put your attention on the high side potentials and work to manifest those. And the likelihood of the low things showing up is a lot lower. So that's pretty much how I like to think in those terms. So I think that's enough for this chart. Kali, thanks again for sending it in. And I uh, really appreciate your, your doing that. Um, if you have any feedback for me, I'd love to hear it at info at astroshaman.com. And I'll be happy to share that on an upcoming show. So thank all of you for listening. And this ends our listener chart. Living a harmonious life can be difficult, especially these days when things are moving so fast. You'd think that those of us committed to personal and spiritual growth would have it easier, but sometimes it seems as if our lofty aspirations cause us to face even greater challenges. Fortunately, you have a map to guide you, your astrology chart. It can reveal a wealth of information about your soul purpose, your optimal career, and your ideal romantic partner. Spirituality, timing, relocation, your chart, when interpreted by an insightful, experienced astrologer, can provide helpful insights into every area of life. And since the moving planets keep activating different parts of your chart, getting astrology updates at least once a year can help you keep focused on what's important now. But astrology is only the beginning here at Astro Shaman. We also offer shamanic healing, which can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, and mental issues. Your shamanic healing session will also equip you with simple, powerful techniques you can use on your own to help you take your healing and spiritual awakening to the next level. We also offer other services to help improve your life, including awakening activation, electional astrology, mentoring, and more. All are equally effective in person or by phone or Skype. A digital recording of your session is included, and my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. To learn more, visit astroshaman.com. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up this episode. This Week in Astrology is honored to be chosen by Feedspot as one of the Internet's top 10 astrology podcasts. Check out our website, where you can hear the show and subscribe to podcast updates. You can also do a single sign-up for two great opportunities, chances to win a free consultation, and have your chart interpreted on the show. You can also donate to support us. Go to thisweekinastrology.com. From there, you'll be automatically redirected to the This Week in Astrology area of astroshaman.com. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way.
This Week in Astrology is copyright 2018 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every month. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's the index for this episode. The overview begins at 1 minute, 23 seconds. February 1st, 2.15. The 2nd, 2.57. The 3rd, 3.58. The 4th, 6.06. The 5th, 9.47. The 6th, 10.04. The 7th, 10.24. The 9th, 12.24. The 11th, 13.37. The 13th, 14.06. Next show's highlights, 15.22. Announcements, 17.05. And our listener chart, 19.44. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.